Initiating startup sequence. You are now plugged in. Hey guys, and thank you for tuning in. This is episode 247. 247. Coming to you live. 24 7. Oh, fuck, that's way better. We gotta start over again, Tim. 24 7. I mean, it's right there. It is. It was. Just nailed me to the cross, Tim, with the 24 7. Okay. Um, That went dark. Yeah. All right. Welcome to the Dark Plug and Play Podcast. I am your. Dark host, Zach, and alongside me is always the dark host, Tim. Welcome, minions. Darkest of dark minions. Yes, my legion of undead will, legion, will legion. destroy you all. Oh, sweet. All right, well, I like where this is already off to, so why don't we talk about Midnight Dark Adventures? Okay. Um, you had a lot of adventures. Do you want to start today, or do you want me to, to wrap up what I did real quick? Mm, surprise me. All right, so um, we did our typical... Um, Friday tradition of brunch. This time my son tagged along. Uh, we went to um, Petite Provence, which I, I didn't realize they had several locations. Well, the cool thing they have, they're first of all, they're like a bakery, so they have like baked goods. Um, so we got some my daughter some macarons on the way out, which is like her new favorite. After Because she didn't go with you because she was sleeping? Yeah. Gotcha. Well, Teenage typically life. we don't invite the kids along, but um, my son was going to camp, which will come into play later. Okay. And so like we just wanted some extra time with him. So they have a bakery, and then they have like, you know, typical like... Um, like hash and like pancakes and stuff. We had a really good salmon hash there. It was delicious. Like hmm. just perfect like balance of the salmon and the potatoes and the green onions and the, like everything. Like you could taste everything. Like I can't remember which place. One of the brunch places we went to, like they stirred everything in the potatoes and the potatoes kind of like just made everything taste bland and the same. Name. This one was the opposite of that. Like all the flavor stood out. It was delicious. It was amazing. Okay. Um, they also had flights. Um, You could buy um like normal drinks, like a Spanish coffee or whatever or a bloody mary or a mimosa or you get a mimosa flight so you get all different that's what we did we got four different flavors we got um orange blood orange um uh what's it um prickly pear and another flavor i can't remember but that was fun um we just shared a set of flight because it was like 16 bucks nice um and we walked around where we were which was division a little bit went to some secondhand stores my son got a harmonica which he played all the way home a used harmonica yeah I'm building his immunity. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> Some hobo is very sad. That was actually supposed to be buried with him. Well, he he, he gave his last. He's gonna have to ride the rails with. He gave your son. his last breath, and like his spirit lives on. Like my son really in loved your that son's one. lungs. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So yep. Does he like it? He, oh my gosh! Is he decent? He played it all the way. Um, he's not terrible. I mean, I know he played the uh, the recorder. Yeah, the recorder quite a bit. Totally different. Yeah, totally different, but, I mean, you kind of get you the sound of, like, how to make shit sound decent. I thought there was a hobo behind us all the whole way home. Nice. I, I got a little tired of it, if you can't tell. Yeah. But he enjoyed it a lot. Um, how much was it? I don't know. Um, got some cards while we were there, too, um, that we used for camp notes. Nice. Now, this is the first time that my wife brought up camp notes, and I should have been smart and realized that camp notes were going to be a thing, because they're always a thing. My son's going always. to camp this, this week. In fact, I dropped him off this morning. Um, but I hadn't prepared, like I've done some epic cap notes in the past where like, there are like little cartoons, have fun facts and jokes and all, all sorts of stuff. I've literally spent like three to four hours making camp notes for my daughter before. Well, this is like the day before I go to, to work, like back to back, like three shifts. And 
Um, my wife's going, so you're going to do camp notes, right? I'm like, well, <laughs> when? Yeah. Um, so Working two shifts. Yeah. So I, between my two shifts on Sunday, I went to Walmart and I went to the clearance aisle and I found a bunch of stuff. My son doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can spill it. He's going to be at camp anyway. I got like some poop emoji buttons. I got like a Hatchimal. I got some uh, Minecraft slap bracelets. Um, I got like a stick of gum. I got um, pipe cleaners. Um, uh-huh. Like he could make his own little stick figures out of. And then I basically like wrapped each one of these things with a card. I got like um, clearance cards, invitation, birthday invitations cards for uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. The uh, creepy teddy bears. Yeah. And I kind of blacked out the parts of the invitation and like, like put a piece of paper in the middle where it says, you know, come to the party. I just like, so it was blank and I could do my own stuff. And I draw a little like toad, Captain Toad, or like a poop or like um, a Minecraft character and like a little saying, a little note. So it was kind of thrown together, um, but I tried to make it as creative as I could because I was literally doing this at work after my shift while I was waiting for the other um, employee to be done so we could check out together. That's awesome. So it was, except I was a little distracted, and we left the building, and once we leave, it's locked. Can't go back in. Oh, you left the cards there. Nope. I left my car keys there. <laughs> this oh, is like, shoot. This is like 11 o'clock at night now. How do you get back in? I can't. Like, and I the, thought you had a key to this place. No, I don't. And the building's locked until like Tuesday morning, tomorrow. So um, he graciously gave me a ride home. And then I was like, well, crap, I need the car in the morning because I had to take my son to camp. And my wife gets up even earlier than I do. She takes off. And I didn't want her to have to wake up even earlier and drive me there. We have, you know, another set of keys. Yeah. So I can split them up. Well, that that luckily. So anyway, that's how I ended up taking a lift ride at midnight. And my daughter thought it would be fun to take along. So, um, took a lift? Yeah, I took a lift. You know, the other Uber. Yeah. The slightly less evil Uber. Um, took a lift back to work at midnight. And I had to get up at 6 to get my son. Oh, I had to pick up. Anyway, it was a whole thing. Got my son to camp. Um, I haven't slept much today, so that's great. Yay! And that's kind of my weekend besides work, which no one really wants to hear about. You've been up to a lot. Tell us what you've been up to, sir. All right. Um. So, Friday. Thursday, we had dinner at my grandma's house. And then Friday, we left the dog there Thursday night at my grandma's house. Friday, we... Kicked our kid out of the curb. Is he as anxious over there as he was like in my house, or is he settling? The dog. Yeah. Apparently, she, she. did really terrible. I guess because uh, we had to like we didn't get back. We'll get to that part. Um, I mean, she was fine, but apparently, she didn't eat it all for like a day and like, oh, just, no. like paced the whole time. Oh no. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of what she did in my place. Yeah. Sat her once. Um. So kicked our kid to the curb, left him at a person's house, and we're like, hey. We'll be back in a couple days to get this kid, which is actually by... We'll be back by tomorrow to get this kid. And they were like, oh, okay. And... Uh, I guess we have a kid now. Yep. So we went to the Hoodcrest Winery. Okay. Um, Which, if you're not familiar... I'm not. Is... Is it the Crest of Mount Hood? Kind of, yeah. It so it's is, up pretty high? Yeah. It. I'm trying to get the actual... Did you do a tasting? Yes. Did you so, buy some bottles? No. Okay. They're They're... Pretty expensive and nothing was nothing jumping. Yeah, it's yeah. If so nothing hard. stands out at a tasting, definitely don't waste your money. Yeah, I mean they were good, but not like seventy dollars a bottle good. Okay. So that's yeah, a bit much. Yeah. So we had this amazing wood fired pizza. There's probably the only other place I could say that compared to it was the one that you and I had in Seattle. 
Oh, okay. That was um, good pizza. It was very good pizza. We were starving, so it was twice as delicious, but still yeah. really good. Um, it's super refreshing and everything pizza. Uh huh. Um, so my wife did the Silver Club tasting, which is a uh, uh, 2016 Petite Syrah, mm-hmm. a 2016 Merlot, a 2016 Cabernet Sauvignon, uh-huh. and a 2011 Merlot. Oh wow! I did the Gold Club, which is a 2015 Merlot, a 2016 Malbec, a 2015 Cabernet Sauvignon, a 2014 Sauvignon. Is it Sangivius? Sangiovese. Sangiovese. Uh, a 2016 Super Tuscan and a 2011 Merlot. And uh, I it's liked nothing, hers. Nothing really stood out? No, I mean, they were all great, but they weren't like, man, I got to spend 70 bucks on this bottle of wine right now. Also, I just, uh, I'm very... Fortunate to have a wine connoisseur next door to whenever I really need a nice bottle of wine, yes. I can get one for very cheap or for free. Yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> yeah, so um, that kind of just you know kind of ruins all that. Um, I'm trying to figure out the exact address. It's okay. People look, people look it up. Yeah, Hood Crest Winery. Yeah, Hood Hood Crest Winery. It's in Hood River, Oregon. Oh, go figure. Um. After that, we went up to the Carson Hot Springs. So there's this really old fucking hotel from like 18 something, like 1886 or something like that. That like is built on or near this old hot, like mineral hot springs, which I think that all hot springs are mineral water. I'm not really sure, but they kept saying everything was mineral hot springs. So I don't know if there's a difference between a hot springs and a mineral hot springs. Don't know. This is Mineral Hot Springs. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, a bunch of like old photos of like the same building that's still standing that you probably can't stay in. I think that's probably where the people live that work there. Um, so it's not a working hotel anymore. No, no, it is. Oh, they okay. have like new buildings now. Oh, I see. Okay. So my wife and I got a room that had a mineral hot tub out on the balcony. Ooh, yeah. Nice. So that's we did that. Cool. That was pretty cool. Um, we got there and it was 108 degrees in the water yeah you can't sit in that not when it's like it's like way too hot well why is it so hot um because the asshole before us turned it up to the max well that sucks yeah can you pour cold water in it or something so they said no but after hearing what the temperature was at they uh instructed me to go and fill buckets of ice and dump ice in there oh okay so it took uh what what is the proper soaking temperature uh, well, we liked it right around 99, but that's because we wanted to be in there for a long period of time. I probably could have done 102. 100... 99, that's like body temperature. 98, but yeah. Uh, 98.6, yeah. come on. So we were in there for literally six and a half hours. You so, sit in the tub? Yeah. Oh, you asshole. I hate so, you. Yeah. That would so, feel so good. It was. So that's the reason why we had it so low. Um, and you also got to remember, it, I jumped, dumped in two uh, coolers of ice. Two and a half coolers of ice. And it dropped it from 107, 108, 107 down to 103. And then from 103, it slowly dropped down to 100 to 98. Did you turn the heat down too? Or? Yeah. So I turned down the heat to like 98, and then never got below really 99. Cool. But, um, yeah, so we did that all on How Friday night. It was, uh, looked like the woods. Okay. So it was, it was pretty private, except for the fucking assholes that were down in the under part like smoking and like walk around drunkenly <laughs> so um you should have had a spare ice bucket to like i should pour over the balcony uh the person that 
shared the wall with the ice machine, got pissed at me, and unplugged it because I went the next day to fill up my ice bucket, <laughs> and there's no ice. <laughs> okay, that's hilarious. Yeah. For like 10 minutes. Literally like 15 minutes each time. It was like a half hour of what, me getting ice. What time of day was this? It was like, I don't know, like 8 o'clock or something. That's not terrible. If no. it was 10, that would have been funny. Yeah. I, uh... <laughs> What we is went this to guy back- doing? Yeah, we went to Backwoods Brewing for dinner. I gotta so. chill some bodies. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I look like. Um, and <laughs> I then, was gonna ask where you got the ice. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so we went to Backwoods Brewing for dinner that night. So we got out of the hot tub. What'd you eat? Uh, we just said so we we're still full from the winery, um, but we had breadsticks and a salad that we split, and then a beer, obviously. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, I had a beer. She had water. What kind of beer? Uh, I had their, it's one of their newer IPAs. I can't remember which one it was. It wasn't their, like their staple IPA. It was good. It was hoppy. Cool. Um, it was busy as fuck, surprisingly. So it was what, Friday night? Yeah. That's not surprising. It closes at nine. Yeah. That's weird. Well, it's um, Carson. Carson. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we got up, uh, we, we fell asleep like around like midnight probably. Mm-hmm. And then woke up literally 45 minutes before we had to check out. Oh, wow. Yeah. My wife like woke up. And she's like, it's 11. I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> so uh, we were going to read and like soak in the hot tub again, but that didn't happen. So we got back in the car and went to uh, this place said I had breakfast. It looked pretty sketchy. So we drove to Skamania Lodge for breakfast. Okay. But by the time we got there, breakfast was done. It was lunch. No. And I was very disappointed. Well, and... I mean, you did wake up at 11, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't recommend going to Skamania Lodge for lunch. Oh, okay. It wasn't very good. Mm. Fries were delicious. That I, we had their fi- we split a fish in a salmon chowder, and the salmon chowder was like sugar sweet. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that kind of like threw your stomach in a loop, and then all of a sudden the fish came out, and it was like super fat, like grease. So my wife only took a couple bites of her fish, and I stomached my half of the fish, and then felt sick. I think the waitress noticed it because she came back and she took it all off. Yeah. So we just paid for the chowder and the coffee. That's good. Yeah. It was very nice. I also, be proud of me, I tipped her according to what the fish would have cost. I'm very proud of you. So, good job, bud. Yep. Well, especially so, since she's a carrier. Yeah, exactly. So she got a full 20% on what the bill should have been. Um, good job. Yep. And so then we came back into town. I was feeling okay. My wife wasn't feeling that great. Um, so I swam again. We just stayed where the sun was at and I swam. You must be like part water at this point. I love it. Um, and then after that, we went to Golden Corral for dinner with them. And I will say, have you been there yet? No. The steak's pretty good. What cut do you know? I don't know, but it tasted good. All right. And had smoked brisket, which was delicious. All right. And uh, it was kind of expensive. It was like 40 bucks for the two of us because the kid was free. Well, yeah, but if you're getting steak and brisket, dude, I went back and got I got three steaks. I mean, they're not like they're not like little steaks. They're like decent, like I don't know, like six ounces. Like, it was making a six ounce. Yeah, like a little shape. six ounce. So I got like eighteen ounces of steak <laughs> for twenty bucks, dude. You get that's yeah. fine. And uh, so then I woke up the next morning and I power washed my fence. Of course you did. Yeah. So this, did you have a special new attachment for that? No. Just a standard. Yeah, power washer. Okay. Um, but now, now this, did you power got, wash the whole fence or just oh, like the top? Oh, yeah. No, the whole fucking thing, front and back, top Dang. and bottom. I had to dig out all around my fence because it was Does all Does that buried. kind of like wear down the wood fiber when you do that? A little bit. 
Okay. But I'm also going back over it with a stain to seal it again. Yeah, but you're still going to rip off some of the fiber. Yeah. So some of the fiber, um, and from what I could tell, is that none of this wood was weatherized when they stained it the first time. Hmm. So some of that fiber should have actually been coming off. Uh, what I probably should have done is rented a power hand sander and just quickly just went over the whole entire thing. I don't think there's a such a thing as quickly hand sanding. Well, the power hand sander. Right. I like buff the fuck out of it. So you haven't stained, you just prepped it. Yeah, it's going to take my two days next weekend. So I'm also taking Monday off. Okay. So, and then I have something coming up on Friday, but we're not going to talk about that here. Okay. So. Talk about it later. Yep. Um. Hey, Tim, you want to talk some news? Yeah. But wow, you did a lot this weekend. There was a lot of shit going on, man. Um, speaking of a lot of shit. All right, so we all know that Nintendo Switch is a platform that, although it plays games on your TV, is essentially a tablet with two controllers strapped to the side. Well, this is, like, confirmed because now you can actually run Android unofficially on Nintendo Switch. Um, back in 2018, an exploit, this is from Kotaku.com, back in 2018, an exploit was found in the Nintendo Switch that would allow users to run outside code. While that's, of course, led to some piracy, it's also let modders and coders have some fun with the console, up to and including getting Android running on the system with all the f- features and tricks it brings. Um, so, yeah, you can try it yourself. There's a link in the Kotaku article. And I'm just wondering what you thought about running Android on a Switch. Would you do it? Yes. Okay. What would you do if you had Android running on a Switch? ROMs. I'm sure a lot of people are doing that. Um, also, you could just use it, like, you wouldn't need to have, like, per se, an extra tablet. Like, you could have, like, a comic book reader. Well, you could have a bunch of other shit. You could have a Google Chrome. You could have, uh... If I'm not mistaken, um, like, YouTube apps came out for the Wii and the Wii yeah. U. But as far as I know, there's no, still, there's there's still not a YouTube app for the Switch, which is weird. Um, so if you had Android, you could have a lot of that functionality. The Wii? And the Wii U was an add-on later on down the road. But I will say that. a lot quicker than now. I don't remember. But you could run Netflix, yeah. you run Amazon Prime, oh, yeah. all those video streaming apps, which would be a good functionality. I could put maps on it. Um, you could read. Uh, there's comic apps. I think there are actually some reading apps on Switch, but they're weird ones. Um, yeah. Hmm. So, so there's definitely some entertainment functionality you could get out of it. But yeah, what can't the Switch do? Nothing, apparently. So, uh, yeah, I think the next story is for you, if I remember right. Are we slut streaming? I don't know. Are we? I don't know. I'm going to get really dressed up and put some lingerie on tomorrow. I'm going to slut stream. You should do that. Um, so, tomorrow is, uh, which is, uh, what? I guess it'll 30? be in the past by the time you guys hear yeah, it. It'll be in the past. So, the slut stream will already be over. You guys can go and watch the uh, slut stream on YouTube at this point. Uh, these veteran Twitch female... Twitch streamers are organizing a day called Slut Organizing. Yep, organizing. Um, a woman gaming online to band together to deflate the power of the word slut. For over a decade, the word slut has been under siege at annual slut walks. Thousands march in sexy attire to protest the idea that women in clothing or lifestyles could be in any way to invite sexual violence. Um, so... This is cool. I've seen it happen in other mediums, like uh, like she was talking about, like the uh, like the annual walks, yep, and things like that. And I think that this is a valuable way 
I'm not so sure that this is going to play well on Twitch. <laughs> I just wanted to watch you walk through that minefield. Yeah. Good job, Zach. I've had a lot of people ask, why call it Slutstream? That's just offensive, said Casey, Casey Tron Cavanis, a longtime Twitch streamer with 500,000 followers. The whole idea of calling it Slutstream is taking the name back and giving it less power, uh, giving less power to it. So this has actually been, uh, this isn't actually in the article from Kotaku, but this is from me, Zach. Uh, I've actually seen this idea of using the word or the phrase or the action that is being used against a minority or a special, like, like reclaiming the words that can't yeah, be used like reclaiming you. the words, um, and it has proven to be very effective in the LGBTQ plus community. Is that mm-hmm. how it works? I get the letters mixed up, to be honest, but okay. I think you got it. Yeah. Um. So that community has been very. Uh, pro using the words to empower and deflating the meaning behind uh, hatefulness. And uh, so hopefully I wish them the best. I am not going to lie. I'm a little bit worried for them on Twitch. Yeah. This is uh, not only am I worried for what they're doing. Twitch has taken a very pro no slutty, no titty streamer stance recently. And so a lot of these streamers that have big accounts, um, I'm just more afraid that maybe Twitch will be more alert on their accounts and kick them, which could cause other issues. But we'll see. It's tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Something else is tomorrow. What? What's tomorrow? Tomorrow is the 30-year anniversary of the Game Boy. Oh, yeah. Don't put oil in it. It really fucks up the screen. Thanks a lot, Dad. Really? Yes. You put oil in your. Yes. Wow. Let's continue on. Okay. Um, Game Boy. This is from Smithsonian uh, Mag.com. Game Boy is a game changer. When Nintendo's handheld unit exploded on the US market on July 31st, 1989, it unleashed the power of video games in a transportative way. Now players can take their games anywhere and play them to heart's content, or at least until they ran out of AAA batteries. Game Boy was not the first handheld gaming system, but it was certainly the most popular, says Drew Warbarge, a museum specialist at the American History Museum. There were others before it, but they were mostly one-function systems. Game Boy used interchangeable cartridges, like the home consoles, so you could play different games. Uh, system looks dated by today's standards. Small screen with dot matrix graphics in black and white, actually four shades of sh- green-gray. However, it was durable and inexpensive to operate since it didn't burn through batteries like its competition. When it was first introduced to the United States 30 years ago, Nintendo's new concept took the gaming community by storm. Game Boy sold 1 million units in this country in just a few short weeks. Total sales will reach nearly 120 million worldwide in all iterations by the time it ran its course 16 years later. Um, so yeah, 30 years. I had one. Um, was... I did two for a short period. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> he poured oil into it. Um, so this kind of gave me an idea for uh, kind of a tech talk for this week. Are we are we jumping the yeah. tech talk? Already? We're done with news. We're going to some tech talk. Tim, what are we doing? We're talking portable game systems. Okay. I've had a lot of them. Um, oh yeah, me too. I, I guess you had a Game Boy sort of for a while. Yeah, I, I had Game Boy Colors for sure. Um, I like the Game Boy Color. Um, Link's Awakening had like extra extra features like Pokemon Yellow. We got like an extra dungeon or something. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. If the, the cartridge actually unlocked more content if you played it in a color versus a, a normal Game oh, Boy. That's cool as hell. But I love my original Game Boy. I love Castlevania and Tetris. And um, <laughs> even Mario Land was kind of weird. And I love that one too. Um, probably my favorite. I don't know. 
trying to think of my favorite Nintendo handheld. I love the Game Boy Advance a lot. Um, there were some great games on it. I had the original. I had the SP. I even have the Micro still to this day, and I, I love it. It fits in my jean pocket. Um, I modded my first Game Boy Advance to put a backlight in it. That's cool as hell. That took a lot of work. Me and my brother yeah. both did it. We've got the kits online, and we soldered, and it was really hard. Is it your PDX brother? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was a lot. It was hard. Yeah. But we did it. And That's it awesome. Um, so I'm going to pause there and, and hear about your handheld experience. What did you have? All right. So I had the original, like, really crappy, just only played NFL, and you could, like, kick the ball. So, like, the Game & Watch? or It was, like, a... It's like an LCD. Yeah, it was like LCD, just like black, couple like pixelated, like doo, 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 doo. And uh, I it, had something like that from Radio Shack that was like just a spaceship game. Yeah, like, I was gonna say I there was like a spaceship one also. That I had you could, that one, but you couldn't change these out. It was nope. This yeah, is was, what it that was. That was the game you got. Yep. Um, and then there was also like Blackjack, which I was a little kid and I didn't understand what the fuck yep. Blackjack was. So it was more just like cards. I'm like, uh, I guess I didn't win. Um, and then of course, you know, the game, what came along, there was a Spider-Man one that was awesome. You could climb along the walls. Um, that was my very first Game Boy. That was my very first video game ever was the original Spider-Man on Game Boy, the black one. It would just go across the screen. You get up, you finally climb and scale a building and you go across the top of the building and then I'd die. Never beat it. (laughs) Um, then there was Game Boy Color. There was a game on Game Boy Color where you played a mole. You would dig underground. Nice. And uh, if anybody knows what the hell that was, I'd love to buy it again. That was a lot of fun. I've been looking for a Game Boy game um, that I had a lot of fun with. And it's probably like blown up in my memory. Gargoyle's Quest. It was from Capcom. And it sort of had a Castlevania vibe, but you were a gargoyle. Really? And every time I go to like a used game store or like a pawn shop, I look for it. Um, so yeah. Actually, uh, Mole Mania. Is the name of the game. You figured it out. I just Googled I Googled mole game for Game Boy. Nice. And it was actually a Game Boy game, not Game Boy Color, so I was wrong. And it's only twenty nine ninety nine, so I might have to buy this. Um, but see, look, it looks really cute. Yeah, kind of like You're literally just a little mole that's trying to collect your family again because this guy's like blowing up the rest of your family and like destroyed all the holes you go in and stuff. Wasn't um, there a Bomberman for Game Boy? There might have been. I put it on N sixty four. Yeah. Um. So kind of moving away from nintendo consoles for a little bit um i tried all the versions of psp um mm, those i were, had the original so the original was pretty good i ended up using modding it and running um super nintendo games on it i even got the psp go which was it was honestly too early for that experiment it was digital only like you could not buy cartridges for that thing for which and one the psp go was a weird system it like oh, that was download shit only. Wasn't not it? only that, but it was weird because it kind of flipped out like a flip phone sort of, but it slid. I remember that, and it was a really weird form factor. It almost reminded me of the N gauge, the cell yeah, phone. Yeah, a little bit. It was better than the N gauge as far as form factor, but it was like that. I still have that thing. Um, but yeah, I haven't played it in a long time. I still play my PS Vita. That's a great system. Um, of all the systems, it did not get its due as the PS Vita. Um, a system I didn't really like, although I kept trying to, was the Game Gear. Came out very shortly after the Game Boy. It was Sega. Oh yeah, Sonic. It was, it they did had have, it all the dentist office. It literally was a Sega Master System, was the, which is the equivalent of an NES in a portable form. And it sucked. And it was color, so like, like that was their big deal. It was like, oh, it's a color. So it did look pretty good. The thing sucked batteries though. Like, I don't know if it was a screen 
or the processor, but like it would suck batteries. It, was it a, seemed like every single dentist I ever went to as a kid had one of those in the chair while you're like, like waiting to get your That would be the on. smart way to do it because you would want to plug it in. I actually got, they came out with a power pack for it. Like w- before like external batteries were a thing for Ooh. cell phones, they came out with a power pack to like jack into it and give you another couple more hours. Cause that's how bad it sucked battery life. Um, it did that system did make me go back to through the catalog of master system games um which let me try some cool uh games like fantasy star and um space harrier the alex kid games you say harry potter space force no space harrier mm, okay it's not the same thing not at all okay this is before harry potter mm. harry potter wasn't a thing yet yeah um but we should go back to nintendo because the juggernaut of handheld systems has to be acknowledged. The DS? The DS. Yeah. There are still kids playing the original oh, DS. tons of them. I mean, there's so many fucking... You could they never get through all of them. They sold so many DSs. Um, I have And that was a weird them. system. I, when it came out, I did not think they would succeed. No, I thought it was the dumbest idea ever. It's got a stylus. Yeah. It's got two screens. Why do you need two screens? Doug, it, it looked so you awk- touch one and look at the other. It was like you're reading a book like sideways. Yeah. It was the weirdest looking thing. When it came out, I'm like, there's no, no. Nintendo, what are you smoking? And it was. I never liked mine, honestly. I like mine, but still to this day, flipping it open is kind of awkward. Yeah. And you don't want to break your hinge on the back. Nope. I definitely had a cracked DS Lite hinge. Um, I got the original, which the screen was kind of shitty. Um, the, my favorite was the DS Lite. That was great. Up until the 3DS, that was my favorite. Um, and I've gotten several models of the 3DS. I currently have the best model, the, uh, you know, plus XL or whatever. or whatever. Yeah, the XL new 3... The it, new 3DS yes, XL. Yes, that's it. Stupid naming. Um, Very stupid But naming. I have so many games on it. Um, Dude, you have... A, yeah, you do. I do. Digital and physical. Yeah. And I still play that, but I probably play my Vita a little bit more. As far as Nothing I wonder, and I wonder going forward if the Switch um, will, with the new portable model, will if you'll start seeing people out in the. I don't see people playing Switch that much, except for sometimes kids um, like at my gym while they're waiting for their parents to be done. I don't see the Switch on like buses like I did the, the DS or the PS Vita. No, and I'm wondering if the portable version of the Switch will kind of bring that back or not. I think. Portable has just gone away with cell phones. Because cell phones? Yeah. It might be true. Um, Sadly. But yeah, I've got a lot of fond memories. Um, I used to do this hike, uh, Angel's Rest. It's uh, in the gorge. Is that the monk one? No, nope, nope, it's in the gorge. Um, it's a really short hike, but it's very steep. And you end up with a really good view of the whole gorge. And I would bring whatever portable system I was currently playing and play up there. Usually, That's cool. Usually Zelda game. Just yeah. for like half an hour. Um, sometimes I'd have to find shade depending on the screen I had. <laughs> like some systems have brighter screens than others. Yep. But just the ability to like, you know, play there or play on a plane or like bring your games with you was, Is awesome. especially back in 89 was such a revolutionary concept. Dude, I, my, my favorite one still is either the Game Boy Advance or Game Boy Color. Probably Game Boy Advance because you could play Game Boy Color games. I still have a, I have a, got a, a little cedar box full of Game Boy Advance games. Do you really? Yeah, and they're so good. Some of them are so good. Um, yeah. Every now and then I'll just break them out and play them for a That's bit. That's awesome. I need to buy Game Boy Advance again. Good system. Yeah. And the SP was great. It's yeah. Probably, that model's probably my favorite. That's a flip one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just didn't like the form factor of it. I have one actually somewhere. I don't have it's a power really cord co- for it. But it's compact. All it is. Power, power.
you know, Amazon gets you power cord. Yeah. So anyway, that's our tech talk for this week. Cool. We're going to take a little break. We'll be right back with some Kickstarters. Sweet. And we are back. Casey Treats in Hand. Tim, what are we drinking today? Because you didn't talk about it first episode. Well, I didn't. First half. I didn't because it's literally the same tasty treat we had last week. But, but it is coming out of my UK. So this drink, although it's carbonated. It's your European keg? It's a UK, yes. It'll still be fresh a week from now if I wanted to keep it that long. I mean, it's not if you want to. It's if you can. If I can restrain myself, yes. Yeah. Um. So, I didn't mention, but I just came from a, a party, and so I brought my UK with me, brought my own supply of Tasty Mules, and yes. was, I offered it to other people, but no one took it up, so I had, I had a ton left, um, which you are now enjoying. You're welcome. I am. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. I got um, two huge bottles of uh, Q ginger beer. I had some vodka at home already. Nice. Squeeze some lime juice in there. It turned out pretty well, I thought. Yeah, it did. Um, getting a little lime juice. Mixture ratio? Yeah, for that huge of a batch was kind of tricky, honestly. Yeah, no shit. I'm sure like, I could figure out the, the proportion was pretty easy for me to figure out for the vodka to the ginger beer, but getting the lime, I, I could probably do a little bit more, but I didn't want it to, once you go over, you're screwed. Yeah. So anyway. Hey, Tim, you want to uh, kick it? Let's kick it. Kicking this off this first half of 24-7. Pax Coffee. Pax Coffee. Pax Coffee. We need some Pax Coffee. It's called Packet Coffee Kit. The complete brewing system for travel. Going ahead and letting them talk about it. Hi, I'm Malcolm Fontier, an industrial designer and the founder of Pax. I'm excited to introduce our second product, a first-of-its-kind coffee-making kit designed for people that are serious about their travel gear as well as their coffee. We've all stayed places where the coffee setup was less than ideal. Sometimes there's no coffee at all, and you have to venture to the lobby or wander the city looking for it way before you're ready to face the world. Hell there are a lot yeah. of great options for making coffee when you're camping using a gas stove. Until now, though, there hasn't been a complete kit designed for hotel-style travel that you could fly with. Probably so use gas we decided stove. to create one. The Packed Coffee Kit is the first pour-over kit designed for travel that includes an electric kettle. It's compact, durable, and airline carry-on friendly. It's also built to last. Multiple design innovations make our kit extremely packable and portable. From a source for hot water, to a container for your beans, to a travel mug, we covered everything. As long as you have access to water and electricity, you can make barista-quality coffee anywhere you go. Like nesting Russian dolls, each component of our kit fits inside the next larger one. This means you can pack it in your luggage without having to worry about denting or crushing any of the components and setup is easy. In less than a minute, you're unpacked and ready to brew. A unique spout and handleless design work together to give you maximum control and the smooth, slow stream you need for a perfect pour over. We used premium materials throughout <laughs> to ensure your coffee's flavor isn't affected by any plastic or cheap materials and that your kit lasts a long time. The kit also meets PAC's commitment to responsible sourcing and production. We've obsessed over every detail of this kit and now we can't wait to put it into the hands of coffee-loving travelers around the world. You might remember us from our previous campaign for the Pack one which helped launch our company. We're excited to bring our second product to life with the support of this awesome crowdfunding community. All right, I gotta get back to work. 
Let's go, buddy. That's not how you carry a dog. That's how he carries a dog. All right, how much how much does one of these cost me? They're they're looking for twenty five thousand US dollars. Okay, how much they got? Currently at one hundred forty eight thousand nine hundred. Oh snap! Fully funded, almost five times. Um, nine hundred eighty five backers twenty six days ago, hailing out of Brooklyn, New York. If you want to get your hands on one of these, Tim, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it too. Problem is, it won't be in time for this packs. The That's next a, packs. We're, we're going to Seattle. I think we'll find coffee. One thirty nine. Oh, it's a little bit expensive. A little bit. It's a little bit expensive. I'd say it's like fifty dollars too expensive. I mean, it's nice. the The nesting Russian doll thing is pretty cool. I don't know why they gotta bring out Russian, but that's fine. You know, whatever. It's, a, it's like but, the, the doll. But thing. the super early bird was one fourteen. Ah, it's gotta be sub ninety for me to be. It's. I mean, it's, it looks nice, but dang. All right, all right, Tim. What do you got? Um. So, I went back and forth about doing this one. Um, on the hell? Nope. Uh, Beeswing. So, I actually backed this. I wish that I'd seen this last week so I could bring it to your attention. If it's something you're interested in, you could back it as well. But then I'm like, you know what? Most of our listeners probably aren't in the Portland area anyway, so it's okay. I just want to bring this up as as this is like a, a Kickstarter that's like relevant to my interests. Okay. Um, I'm able to support something I, I care about in my local community. Um, and it's cool that can, there's a plaque. Can plat- I take a guess? Yeah, what's that? It's eating. Yes, I do like to eat. Um, as I've been talking for literally like the last, I don't know, seven or eight episodes at least, uh, we've, do- we've been doing brunch on- You guys uh, have. And, and I'm like, I'm inspired. I want to do this type of shit. It's fun. It's, it's great. Um, so, B-Swing is a local um, restaurant that does brunch, and they came up across a, um, a challenge, let's say, and Kickstarter provided an opportunity for them uh, to overcome that challenge, I'm gonna let them talk about it now. There will be talking, I promise. They're also in the Skidmore neighborhood. Yep. Nice. Uh, it's honestly not that nice, but the place no. is nice. Yeah. <laughs> Skidmore is we pretty good. We make everything here. We're a scratch kitchen. We make our own pastries, our own bread. Um, we make our own jam. We make our own syrups. Um, we pride ourselves in just having a really delicious product. Homemade pastries. Some montage of delicious food right now that you can't see. And also just to support the community. Like if you had a really totally awesome grandma, open this their is what you'd make. Their hearts to us. Like they just came in and they were so happy that we're here. And you can see a lot of familiar faces, people walking here with their families or their dogs. And it makes my day just to see them, say hi to them, make sure that they're having fun. And they always reciprocate. He just macroed on our ass. I know that I don't want to go out for brunch on weekends because it's crazy out there, you know? And, uh... And so I think when people think of this space, they think that, oh, they're going to be able to come here and eat some food in a reasonable amount of time. And it's not going to feel like wall-to-wall people. It was a really cool neighborhood spot. All right, fuck it. I might have to go here. Again, this is the one I talked about where you want to look where you park your car. But the place itself is great. It's hard for me to eat something besides the sausage. It's a really great neighborhood spot. I would have to say, because I'm a native to New Mexico and I love the chili that I brought for it, it would have to be the breakfast enchiladas. The enchilada. I am a fan of the enchilada. It's my Aunt Michaela's recipe, and she's been making me 
for me since I was a little girl. Breakfast sando and a maple donut. Our maple donut is like the best I've probably ever had. Everyone loves chicken and waffles. Korean style deep fried chicken is mind boggling. But coffee is my thing. I like that guy. He's, he's definitely got character. Yeah. Let's talk about the Kickstarter. <laughs> we are buying this business from our business partner, Kevin. He put up pretty much all the money for this place. And then we came in and put our sweat equity and all of our ideas, our concept, our menu, and the last two and a half years of our life, lives into this place. And so now he's ready to move on to another project and he's offered to sell us the business. The way that we're doing it is we're, um, we're setting up the perks. So uh, if you give us, you know, $30, then we give you $30 for brunch to come and eat brunch with us. Give us $50, then you can come bring your family in $50 worth of brunch with us. So it's like dollar for dollar. The idea is that you're not really even donating to us. You're just actually buying food with us and you're going to come eat with us. And it's just kind of like paying your brunch habit forward. The dollars aren't just um, like going in our pockets. And like the, this money is actually to keep this place open and keep it going. We have big plans for this place. Um, we want to do a tap room at night with um, Brewery 26's beers. We already have like a whole t a pub menu set up for that. The restaurant, we're halfway um, financed for the whole purchase of the restaurant. So we've been able to finance $80,000. Total is 150, and so we're asking our community to come and help us raise that extra $70,000. Yeah, it feels like a lot of money to us, but um, I really, I know that the, the community is going to show up, and I believe in this place. And um, I guess that's all I have to say. That's fair enough. <laughs> that was great. Okay. <laughs> Can we get Glee here? You know, we can actually because, well, we'll get to that in a second. All right, so they pretty much wrapped it up. They're doing some credits. So the one thing I, I'm sort of worried about is they put the goal right at 70000 and Kickstarter takes a cut. Yeah, but luckily they're over that. <laughs> they are. Uh, so they have 37 hours to go at the time of this recording. And again, I, I went back and forth about featuring it since you can't bid on it. But it goes to show that Kickstarter is a platform that I can use to support things that are important to me yeah. in my community. Um, they were asking for $70,000, as I said. They are at 37 hours to go, just shy of $75,000, like literally like $70 short. Have 1,044 backers. Um, you can do a pledge for $10 or more. Get your name on the Founders Mural. Um, your name will forever be included in the uh, Beeswing Founders Mural. I selected the $30 or more uh, voucher for brunch at Beeswing. Uh, pledge $30 or more and get a $30 voucher that can be used at Beeswing forever. You'll receive an e-voucher to the email address registered to Kickstarter once the campaign has been concluded. And my name on the founder's mural. So I will have 30 bucks to spend there. Nice. So I could take you for maple donuts. If you take or, me for maple donuts, I'll buy the coffee. Well, I mean, I could probably afford the coffee too. Sounds like we should get the enchiladas too, because that sounds. I didn't get the enchiladas last time. Okay, well we should do that. Um. So yeah, I backed that. And do uh, you are okay? Here, question. Sure. So since they're technically just giving you vouchers, yes. Do you already have the voucher? Uh, no, because it's thirty-seven hours to go. But at the end of thirty-seven hours, do you'll just immediately get a voucher. I mean, maybe they have to like compose emails. Maybe there's a little bit of administrative work for that. But you're expecting like a month turnaround at most. 
Yeah, it says... Um, it says by August 2019. Right, I just gives them some time to... Okay, cool, cool. Go through the, I don't know, paperwork, make sure that credit cards get charged, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, I would expect this pretty quickly. Okay. Because it's literally just an email. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy about this one. Hey, Tim. Yeah. Uh, you ever watched Stranger Things? Yes. You ever seen, like, uh, season three... Where uh, it, like, just just takes, recently, yeah, take like place inside of a fucking mall, of uh, a fucking mall, um, fucking mall. I remember going to the mall a lot. Actually, my dad would just drop us off at the mall to get rid of us for like three hours and then come oh, pick shit. us up. I didn't realize how depressing this would be for no, you. No, 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 no. Okay, did, did you, already, did do, you already... do you want me to turn this story around and make it a happy story? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so one of these times you dropped me off to get rid of me for three hours. I went to Sears, and this. Oh, is... I I love this story. You've heard this story. <laughs> I've heard this I'll, story. I'll make it really quick. So. Sears had like a, an electronics department that was like really weird and random. And there was this kiosk with a TV on top and the controller was hanging from it. And it was an NES. It was the first time I've ever seen an NES. And it was this game called Zelda. And I picked it up and like I literally beat the Funch Dungeon and I lost all track of time. And my dad came back and I wasn't where I was supposed to be picked up. And he called mall security. And I was happily playing Legend of Zelda. That's awesome. So now it's a happy story. All right. It's a very happy anyway, story. Anyway, malls, yes. Love them. The, the, uh, my. Oh, oh shit. The. the uh, okay. My final Kickstarter, ladies and gentlemen, is called The Decline of Mall Civilization by Michael Galinsky. I kind of want to get this. Hey, remember the 80s? Yes. Big hair, big dreams, and especially big malls. It's where we ate, played video games, shopped, and had fun. In 1989, I was a 19-year-old photographer, and I traveled across the country capturing life inside malls. Nice. 20 years later, when I found the slides, I realized I'd captured the end of an era. Eight years ago, we launched a Kickstarter to fund a book called Malls Across America. Then we partnered with the incredible publisher Steidl to make a limited edition book. The instant appreciation of those images caused it to sell out before it even hit stores. Now used copies are selling for into the thousands. The pictures continue to be seen by millions, and there are multiple cases of people recognizing friends and family in the photos. So we decided to put out a second edition. The Decline of Mall Civilization marks the 30th anniversary of the trip. Featuring all new pictures, it's sure to become a collector's item like the first book. So please back our Kickstarter and get your copy before it sells out. So will they have the pictures that the first book had? Nope. All new. Okay. Brand new ones. All right. So it is a follow-up to their 2011 book, Malls Across America. Um, six days ago... 593 backers. They're looking for 12,000 US dollars. They're currently at 43,539. Um, if you want the decline of Mall Civilization book, there is 117 left of 500 okay. for 44 US dollars. By pre-ordering That's the book, it's a really you get, limited run. It's a vi- well, there's more. There's higher levels. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Buy one, get one for a friend signed. For 125, you get two. Um, uh, wait, one backer. It'd be fun if like one of them was signed and not the other one. Here, oh. friend. Here's the not signed one. What? What's wrong? You got that face. What's wrong? Hold on. Oh, never mind. It comes with a five by seven print of something. Um, signed book plus eight by 12 print they don't know how to do this they really literally instead of 8x12 for 8 by 12 you know sure they wrote 8 space by space 1 2 <laughs> <laughs> so yeah 
Uh, um, the big granddaddy of them all, ladies and gentlemen. $1,800 or more. Framed 20 by 30 print. Youth Gone Wild. Four of the mall images were included in a show at Nature Museum in Durham, North Carolina called Across County Lines. Two of these are still available. Frame print number two is Youth Gone Wild. All right. You don't get anything else, though. You just get that print. You don't even get the book. Just that fucking print. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up, actually. Tim, what else you got? Hey, I'm Zach. Trying to, I'm trying to find, like, Youth Gone Wild, but I can't find it. I was thinking it was going to be, like, girls. But uh, I think, actually, it's just this fucking photo right here of three women. It's their backside. But they're wearing, one has a t-shirt in the middle that says Youth Gone Wild. Honestly, that's not a great picture. No, it's legitimately a shitty picture. Um, I actually like the photo right above, the elderly couple with the old lady butt. Yeah, that's that's, that's a better uh, picture. Yeah. It's got some angles. It's, it's called more, Escalator Couple. It's more in- visually interesting for sure. All right, Tim, what else you got? Sorry, I'm going to keep interrupting you. Uh, that's okay. Oh, I know what else I did this Hey, you know what? You can go to hell. Okay. I'll let them tell I'm you. I'm already there. All right, this is a Kickstarter about heaven and hell, an interact, immersive afterlife experience. Death, eternity, the great beyond. Wouldn't it be awesome to get a glimpse into the afterlife without all that hassle of hell having yeah. to die? Well, now's your I hate chance. the hassle of dying. Hi, we're the New York sketch comedy group OSFUG. For years, we've awesome. been selling out shows at places like awesome. the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater and the Knitting Factory. Hey, you've done this. Where we stage our intellectual and highbrow sketch comedy. There's a naked dude I on stage. the normal amount. <laughs> but recently, we made a discovery. We found a portal to the afterlife that answers the age-old question, what happens when we die? So we did what anyone would do. We sold tickets so people could enter and party with the <laughs> angels and devils in heaven and hell. It was part of the 2018 Brooklyn Comedy Festival, and it was a fucking blast. Honestly, if you weren't there, then you really missed out. You kind of sound like a loser. But don't throw yourself into the ocean just yet, because we've decided to reopen the portal for one more night, and you're all invited. Fuck yeah! That's what this Kickstarter's for. We are simply selling tickets directly to you. And the more people who buy tickets, the more badass the night becomes. Either way, we're going to be partying in the great beyond. So if we only sell four tickets, then those four people will be invited to one of our apartments for the most lo-fi version of heaven and hell possible. For heaven, we'll do something like order a pretty good pizza and help you respond to old emails. And for hell, we'll all listen to a podcast together. In a room. No talk. Now, if we sell 500 tickets, then the portal grows bigger. We'll party with those 500 people in an awesome New York City venue, fully designed rooms for you to explore, and comedians in costumes guiding you through the afterlife. If we sell 10,000 tickets, well, we got some pretty big plans for that, too. Like renting out the Intrepid so we can throw a rager on a World War II (laughs) aircraft carrier. And hiring a band like Smash Mouth to play live. In either heaven or hell, we haven't really decided yet. Basically, it's up to you to determine how amazing and unforgettable this experience is going to be. All the ticket sales will go directly to making this the craziest and most fun night of our lives. So buy a ticket today and share the project with your friends, your coworkers, your crush, heck, even your enemy. Anybody you want to party with in heaven and hell. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to have fun in the afterlife. While you're still alive, you're not going to want to miss it. We'll see you there. 
All right, Tim, are, you, are we saying fuck packs? We're going to heaven and hell? I mean, it's in Brooklyn, so we could have some fun along the way. Oh, hell yeah. Um, So, the, the hilarious thing to me, they are looking for $100. <laughs> nah. They only have 17 backers, but it just launched. There's 30 days to go. Maybe if we get the word out, some... Uh, what are they at? I think Dollar-wise. I think they're at a, I think they're at a decent piece of party level now with five hundred dollars. Like oh yeah, like maybe pizza and I don't know seventeen backers five hundred thirty seven dollars. Hell yeah. Okay, so five dollars is an angel investor. You are a good person who works tiny miracles on Earth. You receive an email from God telling you in great detail what happens when you die. Plus, you'll get a code to watch a live stream of the show. A great way to back the project if you can't make it. Uh, fifteen dollars gets you the digital VIP tour. So you want to see heaven and hell, but you can't make it to New York City? That's a okay because with our digital VIP tour, we'll FaceTime you live the experience with a solo tour of heaven, hell, and everything else that's in store. It'll be like you're really there from the comfort of your own home. And this is limited. There's one backer, uh, ninety nine left of a hundred. Uh, Twenty five dollars gets you a ticket. You're gonna die. You get a ticket to the event. We'll message you with details, dates, and everything you need to know. You aren't just supporting the project. You're also going to journey into the afterlife with an amazing party. And this is October 2019, so not too far away. There's only two backers at this level. Um, there's nine backers at the next level, which is $40. You save $10. Two tickets. You and a friend are going to die. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, there's VIP tickets. Uh, one ticket is 60 Two is 100 Pledge, $666. How much will we get? You're a get? demon. Wow, so evil and still so good. When you show up, our costume makeup artist will turn you into a demon with makeup and props. You get to roam free in the party, torment everyone you meet. Uh, currently not backed. Um, That's insane. Yeah, it could be a yeah. It's a fun little project. Um, wish I could get to New York easier. That that would be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fucking fun. Yeah. What if we spend a dollar and tell them to come to Portland? Um, I don't think it works that way. Like the lowest tier is five dollars, for example. Okay, well, how about we spend, like, we both spend $2.50 and we tell them to come to Portland? Uh, sure. I mean, we that would get us into the Kickstarter. We could message them. So, technically, yeah, that sort of worked. Yeah. Anyway, that's our Kickstarter this week. We took you to the decline of malls. We took you to hell. Um, we took you to breakfast. and Then we're going to get you coffee. Yeah. I mean, what else do you want? Uh. Video games? I want video games. Did you play video games this week, Zach? No. You're just like soaking. You're like, you should be a little wrinkly. You should look like a raisin right now. Feel my skin. It's nice and soft. All right. I mean, it should be well hydrated. It is. I played a couple games. Yeah, fucking rub it in, Tim. I beat the Fifth Guardian. So you're done? No. No. I gotta beat Ganon, but I, I can zoom around on a motorcycle now. You got the motorcycle? It's actually pretty fun. Did it just like show up after, or was it part could, of the mission? Um, you download it in your tablet, and then from that point on, it's like a like a magnesis or whatever. Oh, okay. You could just poof make it. But appear. it does. It takes like ancient ruin parts, right? To run. It says that, but I haven't had to feed it anything yet. I'm really confused about that part. You sure it's not just deleting shit out of your inventory? It might be. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> Hey, where's all my health potions I cooked up? It's uh, just like, ah, uh, no. It's like the nuts food. and bolts and shit like that. Oh, if it's using my ancient parts, I'll be pissed. Cause I still That's want... what it runs off of, is what I... Oh, son of a bitch. I'll have to look at that and see how fast it is. It is fun, though. Like, is you it? Can, you can do jumps. And is it fast? It's fast, and you can literally jump off a cliff and you'll be fine. Like, your horse won't jump off a cliff. 
This is like fuck it, let's go, let's do this. <laughs> so, so is it worth the time? Um, yeah, it's an epic quest. Like if you're on the fence about whether the DLC is worth it, you will get your money's worth as far as time in the game because it's a it's a long quest. So it's not just defeating the three guardian or the four guardians again. It it's well, like, I mean, it, it is that too, but you also have to find a bunch of stuff, like, um. Yeah, you have to look around the map a lot, and then there's a whole a whole new guardian beast, like a whole new big dungeon to beat. Okay. The final. That's where you get the motorcycle, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that's a brand new guardian beast. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Is it a motorcycle guardian beast? Uh no. Okay, just making sure they weren't that cheesy as hell. No, it's a cool setup. Um, it rotates like one of the other ones. Like the camel. I think, I think it's a camel. camel. Yeah, I think the camel. Camel rotates, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, it's neat. Cool. Uh, I need to finish it. It's good. Yeah, well, since you paid for it. Yeah, I did. So, the thing is now, nothing is standing between... You and Ganon. Me and Ganon. So, I've got a scheduled time, because my son will be, like, not forgive me if I beat it without him. And we need to go to... Hi- I've dipped into Hyrule Castle a couple times to, like, get the shield. Yeah, just some of- bullshit things you have to do. But I've been dipping in and out. Um, I haven't fully explored the castle at all. Um... There is a fight in this uh, quest that was insanely hard. So that's the thing is like I've heard that the DLC fights are harder than Ganon. The last fight, I don't want to spoil what happens for you. Um, I'll be texting back, Tim. I'm fucking over this shit. Tell me how to do it. I didn't look up any guides. Um, if if my son hadn't prepared a ton of like high level heart regenerating, like I went through literally six. Wow. Yeah, and I used Minda's Grace. Yeah. Um, there, he has different. the The boss has different forms, and there was one of them that was just like, like, what the fuck do I do? Right, pretty much. Hmm. It just kept taking me out because he's faster than you. Hmm. Um, it sucked. Like I would laugh if it, uh, Ganon ends up being easy now after him. No, Ganon is like literally this. Like they said, like if you, he's easier than most guardians. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, doesn't he like do a lot of the like? He's like a summation of a lot of the guardians' powers. Yeah. Uh, I guess I don't know. Yeah, after going like some of the uh, going like you said, you go through the four beasts again and the final bosses in them. Yeah. Um, some of them were 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 really challenging, and. One of them Some was, of them are kind of really simple, though. One of them was super easy if you use one of the powers from one of the other ones. Hmm. Um, like, I took him out, like, I don't know, felt like four hits. Wow. Um, but, yeah, it was really good, really good DLC. Made you go around the whole world again, look for stuff. Oh, I think you know what you're talking about. Yeah, but I'm ready to square off with Ganon. We just have to pick a time and... You know, I don't, I don't know how long it'll take, but I want to have I want to have a two to three hour chunk of time, so we're not like almost there and have yeah, to go have to, to dinner or whatever. Um, so we're at that point. The other game I'm playing is um, I'm not done yet, honey. Shut up. <laughs> Me and the kid are playing each other. I mean, if I'm doing things with the sun, I can kind of get away with a lot, but yeah. Um, I'm playing Wolfenstein New Order because I want to play the new Wolfenstein game. It's a two player. Um, yeah. But the new it, order, that's a Russian one, right? No, it's the first one. It's set um it starts in World War Two era, but um well, that's not really a spoiler because it happens pretty early. He gets hit by a bullet and goes into kind of a vegetative coma for like sixteen years. And in this version, um the Nazis win and take over the world pretty much. So he wakes up 
And yeah, he like his unit's gone. Like BJ is like, okay, what do I do? And so he goes looking for the resistance um, behind enemy lines because everything's behind enemy lines now. And yeah, it's fun killing Nazis, Zach. It's really fun. Um, uh, you just load up like two guns to dual wielding. Some parts you're sneaking around, coming up behind them and slashing their throats. That's cool as hell. Yeah, you'd like that. There's a lot of it you like. You have sex in a train. Spoilers. I would love that. Yeah, you just randomly have sex in a train. That's cool. There's some truly evil fucking Nazis. Like some some of the cutscenes are like genuinely make you squirm a little bit. Really? Yeah. I mean, maybe not you because you're twisted and broken inside. But yeah. Um, there was a in the same train before the sex. There was a really tense scene uh, where you're trying to play it off that you're just you know average nobody Aryan, and yeah, it was tense. Weird. Like, I wasn't sure where it was gonna go. And before before you get the bullet that makes you unconscious, there's another scene where you have to make a really fucked up choice. Um, yeah, so I was not expecting the game. I, I, I think I, I bought it on a Steam sale and I played like, I don't know, just a tiny little bit. I didn't get very far at all, so I'm glad I'm going back to it. There's like three Wolfenstein games, I think, before this one that just came out. Yeah, I think so. There's the New Order... Um, I want to say Old Blood or something. Yeah, New Blood. New Blood and something else. Oh, Colossus or something. Anyway, um, I wanted to play this one. Um, I'm playing it on Steam. <sighs> My computer's graphics card is definitely... I haven't bumped down the settings yet. When there's a lot of... Which graphics card do you have? Uh, the, I want to say the 1070. It should be doing just fine. No, there's definitely some clipping going on. Like when I'm doing auto fire, like there's definitely a slideshow thing going on sometimes. Not all the time. But sometimes. I think that might be the game, dude. Mm. I'm like 99% positive. Because this is an old game. Your your graphics card should be able to handle it. I haven't tweaked the settings at all. Because it doesn't happen often enough to make it. It's just like I could see it straining at some points. When there's a lot of action going on the screen at the same time. It could just be a really shitty build. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, it looks pretty good other than that. It sort of makes me wish I was playing on PS4 so I don't have to worry about any technical issues. Yeah. Um, but it's fine. Um, having a lot of fun with that. The other cool thing about playing on my PC is like when I I want to crank it up and hear the auto auto fire and the Nazi screaming and their death throws, I can put on my headphones. So yeah, so that's good. That's good. So several times I like we were ready to go for something and like, are you ready to go, honey? I'm like, nah, I'm killing Nazis. <laughs> I'm shooting Hitler in the dick. <laughs> like, oh, your father's killing Nazis again. So it's great. Um, I think you'd like it. That'd be cool. So I don't know. Anyway, that's what I've been playing. There's new games coming out this week, Zach. Hey, Tim. Yeah. Before that, you know who Ninja is? The uh, Twitch streamer? Yes. Ninja is writing a book <laughs> okay. that will teach you. Yes, you, Tim. Me? You. Okay. To what? To become an unstoppable gamer. I don't know about that. Tyler Ninja Bevlidens, the greatest Wait. gamer of all time. Bevlidens? Blevins. Blevins? Blevins. Blevins? I mean, with my last name, I really shouldn't make fun of him. Blevins. The greatest gamer of all time is writing a book. In fact, he's actually writing three of them at once. One of which will help you, a lowly scrub, Tim, become an unstoppable gaming machine. I... Set to come out in August, Ninja's Get Good promises <laughs> hardworking tips for gamers seeking to emulate the man, the myth, the legend. Will he bring the back my youthful dude. reflexes? What's that? Will he bring back my youthful reflexes? Exactly, yep. Including the best equipment, 
practicing with purpose, developing a streaming strategy, and pulling together the right team. That is right, bringing together a right team. August will also see the release of Ninja's Notebook, which will become stickers, prompts, and gaming tips. As a team, we've been pursuing Ninja for a strong time. Team Ninja. Team Ninja. And get good, he has produced a hugely entertaining but incredibly practical book about the art and science of gaming. Emma Smith, editorial directive at <laughs> Publisher Ebery. Did you say science of gaming? Yep. Okay. And uh, said in a statement, it's going to give players across the world exactly what they want. The inside track on how Ninja got good. Mm, I'm a little skeptical. As the best player in the world, Ninja's un- a or unable to resist a challenge and soon unable to resist oh wait and so if soon he's a, if he's the best player in the world if his book's truly successful that would mean he'd make people that are more successful than him so then he wouldn't be the best successful gamer anymore no he's gonna read his own book he's gonna get even better he's so, gonna get gooder get gooder <laughs> <laughs> okay this is from Andy Chalk okay which uh who's Andy Chalk exactly okay so PCGamer.com. Is he going to tell us how to get good on, on, on these week's games? 100? No. My God. It's a big hit. What's happening right now? 100? No. I don't know. <laughs> what are you doing? <sighs> Try and three. The artifacts of power. Artifacts. Get good. Nintendo Switch. Forager Nintendo Switch Oxygen not included PC The Blackout Club PC What? I packed last year Oh okay Is that a fighting game? No you're like little kids Running away from invisible monsters Oh that's dumb Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden Deluxe Edition PS4 Xbox One Nintendo Switch PC Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden Digital Deluxe Edition Nintendo Switch Uh, Murphy's Law Actually it says Murphy's Law But uh, I think it's supposed to say Murphy's uh, remorphed. Uh, it doesn't not. say remorphed though. It does. Remorphed. No, read it again. Morphe's law remorphed. No. Remorphed. Oh, re- I think it might be a typo. <laughs> I think so. PC. Uh, Crystal Crisis PC. Uh, that's when a lot of uh, drug acts just run out of shit. Um, Solo Islands of the Heart. That's on Nintendo- Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. Pilot Sports, Xbox One, PC. Tim, you have that on the Nintendo Switch. I also have it on PC, and I need to play and stream that um, yes, soon. Should. London Detective Mysteria, PC. The Tower of Beatrice, mm-hmm. Xbox One. Doling's Invasion, PC. Madden NFL 20, PC. PS4, the PS4, Xbox One. The Church in the Darkness, August 2nd. doesn't say what platform, but I know I have it on PC, so I'm assuming at least on PC. You should play that too. I have played a couple of times of it. It's fun. I like it. And it is reminds me of uh, Jonestown. I think it's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, whatever you play, play it, enjoy it. And until next week. Uh, just get good. Get good. And don't forget to... Uh, TheBunSmasters.com And then like When you're done getting good there Then you can like Head over to Oh Check out Podchaser.com What's Podchaser.com So Podchaser.com Is like 
So you can like, you know, iTunes, how everybody's like, hey, rate and review us on iTunes because iTunes is fucking awesome and they're going to get sub- up the charts and we're going to become famous fucking YouTubers and podcasters and stuff. You know how people say that? Yeah. So Podchasers is a, it's like a. Are we on it? We are. Um, You need to create a pro- uh, profile account and claim plug and play as a creator. Uh, I can I do that if you already have? Yes. Okay. And actually, I probably could add you to it. You don't have to add it to anything. But um, so basically, Podchaser is a back end database. Almost, I don't really know. So like, it's a full website right now on its own. Podchaser.com. Um, and you can subscribe, or you can't really subscribe, but you can follow podcasts. You can rate and review episodes. You can review podcasts as a whole and episodes. Kind of like what I was talking about doing. But you can also follow creators. Dude, you should go right now to podchaser.com and look us up, Plug and Play Podcast. And you should leave a random comment on episode 69. 69. Like, whatever you want. I don't care. I'll get a notification of it. Just, Just type in sex. Whatever you want. No, or get good. Or get good, or you guys suck. I don't care. Just leave a comment on episode sixty nine. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But the, I don't even know what we were talking about. Episode sixty nine, probably like fucking goats or something. Probably. Um, I think I actually made like an orgasm intro. That yeah, that yes, you did. Yes, now, I that, did. now that you remember. <laughs> Thank you. Oh god, because you like said you had to like burn your internet search after that. Yeah, the button smashers uh, YouTube channel is really fucked after that one for a while. Um, oh well. Yep. Oh well. Um, but. The really cool thing about Podchasers is that they're potentially going to be kind of like feeding in the iTunes reviews, but for other platforms. So if you like... Like Spotify or what are you talking about? Well, like... So like a lot of these like Podcast Attic or Pocket Cast and so, uh, podcast Stitcher. Apps. Yeah, like different podcast apps. All, none of them have like a rate and review system. That's true. So, Podchasers has built this rate and review system that basically they can sell their software into. All goes back to Central Hub, and then no matter where you rate and review, like somebody rates and reviews this on Pocket Cast per se, but somebody on Podcast Attic would see it. That'd be cool. Yeah. So it's kind of like this universal rate and review system. So if you like that type of thing and you want to support indie podcasts, you should check us check us over at. Podchaser.com. You know, I think it'd be cool if we literally got no comments or likes on anything except episode 69. <laughs> that would be fucking epic. Yes. Do it. Do it now. All right. Sounds good. Till next week. Don't forget to check us out at Podchaser.com, uh, TheBunsmasters.com. Don't forget to prime and shine. Stab a Nazi in the neck. It's fun, I promise.